right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. My name is Spencer Sutton. I'm your host, and this is the last episode of 2021. Like it's right now, as I'm recording this, it's early, super early in the morning um, on December 31st. So this is it. You know, I was thinking earlier, I was like, you know, I, I really should. I've, I've got a YouTube channel that I've recorded, you know, a few uh, videos on for natural porn killer. But then I, and I thought well, I should probably record all of these. But if you saw me right now, it's just not really pretty. Like it's not a good site. And so I'll spare anybody on YouTube from, from, uh, seeing me. Maybe I should, uh, record these after I've had a shower or whatever, but man, the day, uh, goes by so fast. There's just so much going on, but I'm glad to be here with you early this morning on the last day of 2021, because I want us to pause and think about 2022 like what does 2022 hold for you and i am a, a firm believer like a 100 believe that god has called you and he's called me to change like to grow to be sanctified like we are constantly in need of conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. And this will never stop. I was talking with a buddy the other day. I was like, you know, it doesn't matter if, if the Lord allows me to live to 80 or 90 or a hundred, there's always going to be a need for me to grow, to fight sin, to, um, to battle the flesh uh, my fleshly desires. Like I, even this morning, like I was doing my quiet time, my, my personal study this morning and wrestling with sin that I saw in my life. You know, I've, I'm, I'm 50 years old and I just, I don't see a day when that's not going to be something that I need to do. And so I hope, I hope what I hope is that, and the Lord gives you a new vision for yourself in 2022. Uh, I was just uh, listened to a message from a guy who I'm helping um, battle this uh, sin of pornography and masturbation. And, you know, he just, he, he left me a message uh, yesterday afternoon and he's excited about 2022. He knows that this is the year he is leaving pornography behind. And that is the, that is what we want. I mean, everybody who's listening to this podcast, what I pray is that number one, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, like true faith in Christ. Cause, because that's where it starts. It starts with the gospel. If you haven't truly believed the gospel and trusted in Christ to be your savior, then, then this is, this podcast is not for you. So number one, that your faith is in Christ. And number two, that you believe pornography and masturbation can be a thing of the past, like forever gone. Uh, you know, this is, this is a message that I will continue to uh, sound from this podcast as long as the Lord allows me to record it. Uh, just, just believing that there are guys out there who are listening to this, who probably have lost hope. Like I know there's many men who have lost hope. Like I'll never change. It's been decades. I have struggled with this for decades. Why is 2022 going to be any different? 
Well, I believe it is. And so to that point, I want to encourage you and I want to encourage you with the word. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into God's word, specifically first Thessalonians. And this is just based on personal study that I'm doing in the book. And uh, I think that God's word is uh, alive and active. And um, so I just want us to prayerfully consider some of these passages in chapter one and how it applies to us as men, as leaders. I believe right now, you, if you're a man, then you are called to lead. Like God's given you a directive to lead, whether that's leading your family whether that's leading people at uh, wherever you work, like as a man, you, God is giving you influence and he desires you to lead. So, you know, it's, it's, and, and spiritually lead. I believe spiritually, like he's called all of us to make disciples. And so making disciples is leading other people. Specifically, if you're a man, God has called you to lead other men. To as you grow up in Christ, for you to lead other men to Christ and then disciple them, like live alongside of them. And so this is what we see in Paul right at the outset. He's writing this letter to the church at Thessalonica, and he has not only planted the church, but Paul has lived among them and discipled them and shared his life with them. And so his, his passion and his concern is for these people. And, you know, the trouble with men who are struggling with pornography and masturbation is we tend to hide. We tend to isolate. We don't want to open ourselves up like Paul has done here. We don't want to open ourselves up and say, Hey, this is my life. This is how I live. So in our American culture, we, we're okay with sharing the gospel as long as we can retreat back in our homes and shut our doors and live the way we want to in our homes. And that's not how God calls us to lead. And so let's look at these passages. I, I'm literally just going off my notes. And so we're going we're gonna to walk through this. I want you to stick with me, though. I want you to stick with me because uh, at the end of this, like, I think this is going to be extremely applicable to you, and I want you to wrestle with this. Like, this is the purpose of this podcast is a, a few things, if I'm just thinking kind of off the cuff about it. The purpose of this podcast is to exalt and glorify Jesus Christ. Um, like, he is our Savior, not only our Savior for eternal life, but he's our Savior and our hope in the struggle against pornography. And so this podcast is designed, or my desire is that it exalts Christ, number one, and then number two, that it wakes you up, that it wakes you up and you realize that life is war. You're not going to escape it. You, you may want to escape it and you may want to sedate and pretend that you don't have any struggles and problems in life, but guess what? We're all messed up. We're all screwed up and I'm okay with that because it gives me opportunity to humble myself before the Lord and say, you know what, God, I don't have it figured out. I'll never have it figured out, but I trust you. So let's look at this verse one, Paul Silvanus, which is just Silas and Timothy, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, Timothy to the church 
of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. So Paul is saying, hey, here we are. It's not just me, that's my brothers, that we're sending you these greetings. So you are the church, and you're not just the church, but what is that? When, we sit, when, when we're talking with another brother, we have to realize that we have a new identity. We are in Christ and in Jesus Christ. We're in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ is what he says here. And then he says, so because of that, because you have a new identity, I can say grace to you and peace. Paul you know, addresses a lot, like starts a lot of his letters saying grace and peace. And I, I mean, I, I just think, you know, you must have grace, like you must know the grace of God, have a new identity before you have peace with God. And so this is what he's saying. He's like, hey, I'm writing you. And this is, it's incredible. I love this letter because Paul, you can just tell he has a deep love for this church. He has a deep love for this church. He has a deep love for, for all of his churches, but notice how Paul is including his brothers here. And so I want you to understand that in the fight against pornography and masturbation in ministry, you must have brothers around you. You must have encouragement. Like this is I, I, I believe this to be true. And so I've got brothers that I talk about this with all the time and I need that. And if you are a man who's listening to this and you've not, if, and you're not actively sharing your struggle with somebody, then I want to encourage you to do that. Like, even if it's me, you can email me. I will correspond with you. Spencer at naturalpornkiller.com send me an email. I would love to hear from you, but you need brothers. So Paul did not minister alone. As a matter of fact, Jesus sent, he, like, he commissioned 72 evangelists and he sent them throughout Galilee two by two, right? So it's, it's just a, it's good because as men, we do need accountability. And when we're sharing our life with other men, everything about our life, then there's, we're less likely to fall into sin if we're being very, very honest and very brutally honest and very open, and we're fighting the sin. So we have a new identity. This is point number one for me. Like, as I read this, like in God, the father and the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a new identity. And so with this new identity, you as a believer in Christ, you have three things. Like I, in my notes, I just wrote down three things that this means as Spencer has a new identity in Christ, which I need to be reminded of all the time through the gospel. And you do as well. Like there's three things that come with this new identity. Number one, a mandate to kill sin like a mandate to kill sin, Romans 8, 13, Colossians 3, 5. And I'm not going, going to go into this, just write those passages down, go read them. But as a new follower, as a follower of Christ, you have a mandate to kill sin. And number two, you have a mission to make disciples. I just mentioned this, but we can read that Matthew 28, 19 through 20, go make disciples. There's several verbs in those two verses, but the only, the active verb is make disciples. And as we're making disciples, we're going, we're preaching, we're baptizing, all of those things. So you, like, your life has purpose, and that purpose is to make disciples. And then third, 
This new identity gives you a mindset to finish the race. Now, I've talked about this in previous podcasts as we, as I was walking through Hebrews. Like this is an endurance race, and so a mindset to finish the race includes like renewing the mind and what Peter calls being sober-minded. So he goes on to say, "We give thanks to God always for you all, con- for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and our and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ." Look at this, look at how Paul's describing his prayer life, always, constantly, and without ceasing. So when I was reading this, I was asking myself this question, how would I describe my prayer life? And I had to really examine that and say, wow, it's not this way. And so as I look to 2022, there is going to be a major emphasis on prayer, less emphasis on like what I'm doing and more emphasis on depending on God. And that's one of the things I've, I've really been convicted about. Just like, man, I, I need to trust and pray more fervently that the Lord would lead people or lead me into relationship with people that he desires me to disciple. He desires me to help, uh, out of pornography. So if that's you, if you're listening and that's you reach out to me, I don't know. I'm just trusting that God's going to do that this year in 2022. And he goes on for, we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you. So Paul knows this. He's like, God's chosen you because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy spirit and with full conviction. So this is very, very important. He says, we know like Paul was not guessing or hoping blindly, just like, like just hoping. No, he's bold with this church and he calls them brothers loved and chosen by God himself. And so one of the great problems with pornography and masturbation is that it preys on our assurance of salvation. And you know this. Like Satan plants traps in our minds. Like we start thinking, am I truly a child of God? Like there's no way God could love me because I sin the same way over and over and over. But I will tell you, brother in Christ, if you are in Christ, you have this new identity. I know that brothers in Christ struggle with pornography. No matter how little the church talks about it. There's countless numbers of of men in our churches singing worship songs who truly love the Lord like you. I'm hoping like you who struggle with porn. And, And the truth is that we need to struggle with it. We need to wrestle with it. Like if we are chosen by God, if we are loved by God and chosen by God, then we will not sit idly by and let porn and masturbation, porn and masturbation drown us in despair. We will wake up and go to war, but not by human means. That's the great danger. The great danger is let me battle this in isolation. Let me battle this with blockers or therapy or something else that kind of isolates me 
from gospel community. And yet we leave out the most deadly weapon that, that God gives us in this fight against porn and masturbation. And it's found right here in verse five. He says, because our gospel came to you, not only in words. So number one, it comes through the word of God, like gospel power for conviction of sin and power over sin comes through the word of God. So that's number one. So before I run to accountability, accountability, or before I run to blockers or therapy or anything else, I want to come to the word of God. But he says also in power and the Holy Spirit. Like the, the most deadly weapons that you and I have are the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet we foolishly attempt every medicine, but the one prescribed by the great physician. God saved us by his word and his spirit's power. Why should our sanctification be any different? And sanctification is what Paul is after in this church. They're doing great, but he knows like, Hey, they're, they're a church and they need to mature just like every one of us needs to mature. And we will continue to, to need to mature. That's why in, in chapter five, verse 23 and 24, he says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So do you trust God to do it? Like God descended from heaven as Jesus Christ and revealed truth to us. He chose us. He called us and is sanctifying us even now. Will we join with him in this work or will we seek to operate in our own strength? Hiding and isolating, not dealing with the truth. Thinking just because we listen to a podcast that we're doing something good. It's this like, don't, you don't have to listen to this podcast unless you find encouragement through the word of God. I would say this is podcast is pretty useless. Like you and I are not of this world. And that means that to become Christ-like, there are things that are going to have to happen in our life that are not of this world. I love, and this is the truth. I love to be my own savior. I love to save myself. I love to, I love works. Like my flesh loves works righteousness. And so Paul was writing to the, the church, uh, the Galatians. And he said, are you so foolish that having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Like brother, the Holy spirit and the word of God saved you. Why do we think that our sanctification and, and our, conquering of sin is going to come any other way, but through the word of God and the spirit of God. It's not. Jesus said this in John 17. He said, I don't ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. So how foolish are we to attempt living a life pleasing to God, full of vibrant ministry, ministry for the glory of God, apart from the word and the power of the spirit. Yet I attempt this every single day.
if I'm not careful, I will drift. Like Hebrews 2.1 says, if I'm not carefully paying attention to the gospel every single day, I will drift away from it. So let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. So he keeps going. He says, you know, this is still in verse five, the, the, the last part of verse five. He says, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. So for your sake, you know, like Paul's saying, you know, for your sake. So is gospel shaping, is the gospel shaping our motives? Or, and, and gospel motives would cling to the full truth, the truth that we're sinners saved by grace, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. So is the gospel shaping my motives and shaping my message? Or am I content to present the best of my life for others while I keep the less flattering truth to myself? I was asking myself this this question. Like Paul here, what I see is Paul was living a life among the church. And that's why he says, you know, you know how we lived. You know what kind of men we were. He was living like they saw everything. He was not living, one, talking one way and then living another. Like when we teach and preach one way, then live another, we are not doing it for the sake of others, but for our own sake. So Paul's giving us a model. His model is like, because you love other people, live authentically before them. Don't just teach and preach the gospel. Live it out in what you do every day. So the gospel comes to the church in the power of the Holy Spirit through his word. It says here, Paul received, they received it, even though it was, it, it came to them in affliction, but with joy in the Holy Spirit, he says, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. This is great. And Paul's life was like they had, there's no doubt that this church had heard what happened to him in, uh, in Philippi. And we read about that in Acts 16. It says, and when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison. This is Paul and Silas. And they were in prison, you know, they, and their feet were in stocks. And it says, in about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. The most, the De Thessalonians definitely heard about this, right? And they were encouraged not to shrink back, but to endure hardships as they trusted Christ, just like they knew Paul and Silas and Timothy had done. So it says, and you, you received the Lord and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. 
And so I asked this question to myself and I'm asking to you, is your faith and walk worthy of imitation? Like my entire faith and walk, not the part that I'm proud of. So Paul could say with, with integrity, complete integrity, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. It wasn't talk only. His entire life was exposed so that he could say, be imitators of me as I am of Christ, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. So what happens when we promote only the best of our Christian walk? What happens? Well, what happens is we give others an unattainable model that will leave them dejected and either hiding behind lies or working to earn God's favor. And so we only reveal the best of our lives. And we tell ourselves the lies that, well, I'll wait until I conquer the sin before anybody else knows about it. And so what it does is it stunts our spiritual growth and also anyone else's that God has called us to lead. This doesn't magnify Christ, but it seeks to magnify our own righteousness. And that's all pride and all flesh. And so I made one of my, you know, as I'm thinking through what does 2022 look like for me, I started writing down and thinking, Lord, I want to live more authentically before other people. I don't want to just present what's going on, what's good. I want to, I want to absolutely live authentically. And, and that means I need to change. Like God's called us to change. And so therefore, like there are parts of my life that need to be exposed, that need to be dealt with, and that need to change. And that's okay. That's okay because the true gospel, and this is, this is let, me, let me make sure you understand this. The true gospel is always going to collide with our lives. It's always going to collide. Like, just imagine a collision. And I want to, you know, we don't need to run away from collisions. We need to be, get very comfortable becoming uncomfortable with collisions because the gospel is going to collide with our inward fleshly desires. And we need to address that, not sedate, not run away, not hide, not pretend, not lie like we've done for so long. Like we need to allow this gospel to collide with us. And so this is what it, this is what it did with this church. Cause this is what Paul says in verse eight, he says, first Thessalonians one verse eight, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we not, need not say anything, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of rep, reputation we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Do you see that? They changed. Their life changed. Now, is that going to be the only change? No, it's going to be like he talks about in chapter 5, sanctify you completely, everything. And so it's a process, but part of this process is, is, is collision with your current mindset, your current life, your current lies you're believing, 
This is what happened to them. I mean, how else did this happen? How else did they turn to God from idols? And they did it to do what? They had a purpose in turning, and it was to serve the living and true God. So this is what Spurgeon says about this church. He says, everybody asked, why? What has happened to these Thessalonians? These people have broken their idols. They worship the one God. They trust in Jesus. They are no longer drunken, dishonest, impure, contentious. Everybody talked of what had taken place among these converted people. Oh, for conversions, plentiful, clear, singular, and manifest so that the word of God may sound out. Our converts are our best advertisements and arguments. And so turning to God on a daily basis requires we turn away from our idols and with the intention to serve the living and true God. So we all know, like, I don't have to tell you, pornography is an idol. <laughs> it's an idol. Along with a lot of other things in our culture, they, they may not be statues like they were here for this church, but they most definitely are careers, our bodies, our sexual desires. All of these things can be idols that we put up on a pedestal and say, these things are the most valuable things to me. And we may not say it with our lips, but we say it with our lives. So when you turn to God and away from your idols, it's for a purpose. And this is what Paul says in 2 Timothy when he's talking to Timothy. He says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. So which utensil do you want to be? What vessel do you want to be? Do you want to be one that is used for honorable purposes or for dishonorable? He goes on to say, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. It requires turning to God and away from idols. This is what Timothy Keller says about idols. He says, each culture is dominated by its own set of idols. Each one has its shrines, whether office towers, spas and gyms, studios, or stadiums. <laughs> it's December 31st, and my football team's playing today. I'm going to watch it. But the question I need to ask myself is, is that an idol to me? He goes on to say, where sacrifices must be made in order to procure the blessings of the good life and ward off disaster. What are the gods of beauty, power, money, and achievement, but these same things that we have assumed, that have assumed mythic proportions in our individual lives and in our society? We may not be physically, we may not physically kneel before the statue of Aphrodite, Aphrodite, but many young women today are driven into depression and eating disorders by an obsessive concern over their body image. We may not actually burn incense to Art Artemis, but when money and career are raised to cosmic proportions, we perform a kind of child sacrifice, neglecting family and community to achieve a higher place in business and gain more wealth and prestige. An idol is anything that we trust and serve in the place of God. So Paul 
goes on to tell Timothy in 2 Timothy, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. The same thing that he says to the Thessalonians, you turn to God and away from idols. So is 2022 going to be the year that you turn to God and away from idols? You cannot turn to both. You cannot turn to pornography and masturbation again and again and again and again and to God at the same time. And do it in order to serve the true and living God. Do it. Like you and I need a head on collision from God's word. We need to wake up and burn our idols in an open display of allegiance to our Lord and Savior. But fear grips men. It grips men. Like fear to me is the biggest struggle that we have in saying that we need help. Like likely you haven't reached out for help because you're scared of what other people are going to say. Maybe you're scared of the consequences. How many of you say in your heads, tell the story. If my wife found out she would divorce me. And so that's the story you tell yourself to keep you from doing what you know you need to do. I'm proud of a brother recently who told his wife, proud of him. She, she didn't bust him. He just told her, was she hurt? Yeah, absolutely. Did it cause a head on collision? Yes, absolutely. Is it good? Yes, absolutely. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the Israelites facing Goliath. They were scared. They had all kinds of stories. Think about the stories the Israelites were telling themselves as Goliath came out day after day and taunted them. What if he kills us? What if he wins? What if we're taken captive by the Philistines? The truth is, is that they were already captives. They were captives by their fear. They just didn't know it. And so along comes this young boy who humbly trusted the Lord and said, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to be afraid of this giant. I'm going to trust God and let God do what he wants to do. I'll be faithful. I'll obey. And God can do what he wants to do. And so we know the rest of the story. They're liberated from their fear. Now, David's not the hero of the story. God's the hero of the story. God faced down the giant and used his servant. This is what Paul's saying. He's like, you turn to God away from idols to serve the living and true God. David received the word and he took massive action. But think about this. Think about this. There is a greater David that came on the scene. Luke 4, he, it says this, and the scroll of the prophets Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Brother, Jesus faced down the giant to set the captives free. And that's you. That's why God's word says over and over and over, do not fear, do not fear. But many of us live captives of fear, caring more about our reputation before men than before God. Never experiencing true freedom, just pretending and performing. And you know what? It's exhausting. I know how exhausting it is. Many of us need to collide with the word of God and with the spirit of God to find freedom from our idols. I would have you consider that exposing yourself purposely to difficult situations and collisions is a part of the process to find freedom from porn. It's going to look different for different people. You have to go to war with yourself first. All the stories that you tell yourself, you have to go to war with yourself first. Like I'm thinking like exposing yourself to different difficult circumstances. Like it either happens on purpose, like you invite it, you do it, or it will be done for you. If you're a child of God, it will be done for you. I have a friend who um, reached out to me about, I mean, he wasn't a friend at the time. I didn't know him, but he reached out about, uh, this pornography and masturbation. And, uh, we started talking, we scheduled a time to talk on my calendar and he filled out this calendar link and he wrote all this information. Cause I asked him a bunch of questions before you like actually get on the phone call with me. I want to know what you're going through. And so he filled all that out. What he forgot was that his, he and his wife shared a calendar. And so when it popped up on his calendar, she saw it. And she opened, like, looked at it. She was like, what's this call with Spencer Sutton? And she opened it, and there was all this information. How many times he struggled with pornography a month? How long it's been going on? What ways has he tried to, um, you know, be done with pornography? And she sat there and read it and texted him and said, what is this? And he said, I'll explain later. Now, he didn't willingly he didn't willingly go head on to that collision because trust me, there was a collision when they spoke, there was a collision. He got on the phone with me first. We talked and he said, you know what? I know God did that. <laughs> I know he exposed me to my wife because that's what I needed. And so this brother has been porn free. That was like, he's been porn free. Like It was a head-on collision that he had to have. He couldn't hide anymore. He couldn't like isolate anymore. His wife demanded that they talk about it and they did. And I praise God for that. I mean, uh, these collisions are good. They're good for you. They're good for other people. Um, we were actually, uh, this, this Christmas, we were, um, at Allison's family and, uh, we were at their house hanging out and I love her parents and, um, we have a great relationship, but there was a collision. There was a collision over Christmas 
that needed to happen. And you make, you know, some people may say, well, it's family drama. No, it wasn't family drama. This was like God ordained collision that needed to happen. And the result of it is a better understanding between Allison and her parents. It's a better understanding. It's a beautiful thing. So listen to this. this I'm going to end with this. I just want you to hear how General Patton George S. Patton, how he exposed himself to conflict, inner conflict, inner like war, war with himself to become the man that he was. I'm going to read this to you. George S. Patton came from one of America's most distinguished military families. His ancestors included generals and colonels who had fought and died in the American Revolution and the Civil War. Raised on stories of their heroism, he followed in their footsteps and chose a career in the military. But Patton was also a sensitive young man, and he had one deep fear that in battle he would turn coward and disgrace the family name. Patton had his first real taste of battle in 1918 at the age of 32 during the Allied offensive on the Argonne during World War I. He commanded a tank division. At one point during the battle, Patton managed to lead some American inf infantrymen to a position on a hilltop overlooking a key strategic town, but German fire forced them to take cover. Soon it became clear that they were trapped. If they retreated, they would come under fire from positions on the sides of the hill. If they advanced, they would run, run right into the battery of German machine guns. If they were all to die, as it seemed to Patton that they were going to do, better to die advancing. At the moment, he was to lead the troops in the charge. However, Patton was stricken by intense fear. His body trembled and his legs turned to jelly. In a confirmation of his deepest fears, he had lost his nerve. At that instant, looking into the clouds beyond the German batteries, Patton had a vision. He saw his illustrious military ancestors all in their uniforms, staring sternly down at him. They seemed to be inviting him to join their company, the company of dead war heroes. Paradoxically, the sight of these men had a calming effect on the young Patton. Calling for volunteers to follow him, he yelled, it is time for another Patton to die. The strength had returned to his legs. He stood up and charged towards the German guns. Seconds later, he fell, hit in the thigh, but he survived the battle. From that moment on, even after he became a general, Patton made a point of visiting the front lines, exposing himself needlessly to danger. He tested himself again and again. His vision of his ancestors remained a constant stimulus, a challenge to his honor. Each time it became easier to face down his fears, it seemed to his fellow, fellow generals and to his own men that no one had more presence of mind than Patton. They did not know how much of his strength was in an effort of will. So the story of Patton teaches us two things. Number one, it teaches us it is better to confront your fears, let them come to the surface, than to ignore them or tap them down.
Fear is the most destructive emotion for presence of mind, but it thrives on the unknown, which sets our which lets our imaginations run wild. Think about that. It's all about the stories that we tell ourselves. By deliberately putting yourself in situations where you have to face fear, you familiarize yourself with it and your anxiety grows less acute. The sensation of overcoming a deep-rooted fear in turn gives you confidence and presence of mind. The more conflicts and difficult situ situations you put yourself through, the more battle-tested your mind will be. So this reminded me, this vision that Patton had reminded me of, what do you think it reminded me of? Well, Hebrews 12, of course. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Like, we look and see brothers and sisters who've gone before us, which the writer of Hebrew outlines in chapter 11. And we see them. We can look at them just like Patton looked at his ancestors. We can look at them and say, look at all of the things that they went through and held on to the gospel. Their faith, they were not sinless. They sinned. They fell. They struggled, every single one of them. Yet they endured. They kept moving forward. And you and I must do the same. So when we think about fear, some of you are asking and wondering, can God be trusted? I just want to encourage you in 2022, like let go of your fear and trust God. Raise your hand, open your mouth. Do not suffer in silence anymore. The great thing about podcasts is you can listen to them on your phone. You can listen to them anywhere in the car, wherever, working out, whatever the case is. But also the danger is that you can listen to them and never do anything about it. So I just want to encourage you, by God's grace, study the word, be open to the Spirit's leading what he wants you to do. And I don't want to give you the impression that my life is perfect because it's not. I don't want to give you the impression that I have it all together because I don't. I want to live authentically before you. So I'm, I'm dedicating 2022 to be very, very authentic with you through this podcast and whatever other ways that God leads me to do. But I do want you to know there's hope, there's freedom from pornography and masturbation. Like you can be done forever, 100%, 100%. And so I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to that end. Last thing I'll say about Paul and these Thessalonians, he was defending in chapter two, he was defending his ministry. And I love what he said. He said, we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. And so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our heart. Brothers, let's live, let's live out the truth of the gospel, not to please man, but to please God. 
is I believe he has other people for you to lead. But before you lead other men, before you lead others, you have to lead yourself. And that is just a humbling of our will and our flesh before God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, guys, that's it. That's all I have. It's December 31st. I hope and pray that God uses you in awesome ways in 2022. I pray that, man, you will be encouraged through God's word. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, speak to the men listening to this, that whoever's hung on to the very end, God, that you would speak to them, that you would use your word to speak to them, not me, but your word. God, they know what they need to do. Lord, lead them, give them courage, fill them with the spirit, like, like this young shepherd, David, who humbly trusted you. Lord, I pray that men who are listening to this would trust you for 2022, that, that they would not live in the shadows, not isolate, not hide, not lie to themselves, but God, they would trust you with everything, cling to the gospel. I pray that God, would you do that in them? In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. All right, brothers, man, would you do me a favor and leave a review on Apple iTunes? Like, just comment what you think, what you think about the podcast, whatever. Um, it helps other men find it. I mean, I, I know I'll read reviews. Like, this is the Amazon effect. Everybody's reading reviews and deciding, should I listen to this or should I not listen to it? So, if you think that you should, that people should listen to it, say why. And um, anyway, it helps. All right, brothers, I'll be back with you in 2022 with some new episodes and uh, grace and peace to you guys.